Episode 55, rounding through the baseball podcast. The trade deadline has come and passed, and what a trade deadline it was. Lots of huge moves, both of our teams making big moves. And since it's the 1st of August, we have to look back at July, give our power rankings, and players, rookies, and pitchers of the month. Let's jump into the brand new intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. James, lots to cover uh, this episode. Huge trade deadline, lots of awards. But first, we have to recognize a very unfortunate passing that has taken place. I will just let you kind of kick Yeah, off I mean, this is one, you know, I text you. I, I don't think that we could do this show without mentioning it. Of course, just talking baseball, sitting in front of a mic. Impossible to not think about the late, great Vin Scully, who unfortunately was announced he passed away Tuesday night. Um, just very sad story. Of course, I don't think you can tell the story of Major League Baseball and certainly not the story of the Dodgers without Vin Scully. Long time play-by-play radio um, guy for the Dodgers. 67 years for the Dodgers. Again, a career spanning from Jackie Robinson to Clayton Kershaw, spanning many championships from Brooklyn to Los Angeles and just there's no one that will ever be like him or could be like Vin Scully. Just uh, the amount of games I've just listened and the storytelling and what he did. And there's so many memories um, to share, but more than anything, just very sad day, very overall, it's just sad time for baseball um, for the organization. Obviously the thoughts are with the Scully family um, leaves behind his wife, many, many grandchildren and children um, but he did retire in 2016 to spend some extra time with them. So I'm happy he got to enjoy that and we'll miss him thoroughly. I mean, imagine being the broadcaster for a team for over 60 years. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. And, you know, in that span, he was able to call so many unbelievable things, Dodgers and non-Dodger related, right? He called Buckner's error. He called uh, three perfect games, which is kind of, like unfathomable i think 18, 18 no hitters, hitters. Yeah. um he called yeah he obviously called kurt gibson's famous home run which is now in the intro thanks to thanks to james um he called H- henry hank aaron 715th home run to pass babe ruth as number one all time he called joe carter's home run uh touch them all joe in the world series and in football, he called the catch in the 1981 national champion, national, what is it even called? NFC championship yep. game, Joe Montana. So, I mean, he called it, masters it, before you can't really even tell this. You can't even tell the story of sports without him. And he, uh, he oftentimes would dual cast radio and TV at the same time through like the first four or five innings. Um, just kind of a remarkable, remarkable career. I, I mean, I would say he is, I would put him at the number two most important person in the history of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a super storied franchise, 
again, I mean, you can't, Clayton Kershaw said it best. One, he said, no one can do it better than Vin, but you, I mean, there, you can't tell the story of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are Vin Scully. I fully expect for that statue to go to center field uh, and align with Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax. And again, to have a radio guy at that level, it just speaks to how good he was. And he wasn't even a play-by-play guy. I mean, from the stories, some of the ones I've loved over the years, um, opening day, I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2014 versus the Rockies. No, 2014 was for San Francisco. Uh, but on opening day around then with the Rockies, he told a five-inning story on Greek mythology, all why calling a game in the middle, um, incredible stories he's called on uh, Madison Bumgarner and snakes and cutting snakes and rabbits and the origins of beards. I mean, he was a proper storyteller, a philosopher, a historian, and that's what made it so special. For me, the reason I loved baseball, you know, got into the Dodgers because of Jackie Robinson, but it was Vin Scully who made me love the game of baseball uh, and all that. And so many people, so many players, it's been incredible from Mike Trout, CeCe Sabathia, Jeter, all of these players all the way back, thanking him. Um, you know, immediately you had guys like Kenley Jansen, who's on the Braves now, just immediately, like within the hour reaction, it's just the the legacy that he's left on the world, but baseball, I mean, it's something we could all, all strive for. Uh, certainly one of the biggest legends in the game. Um, so very, very sad passing, um, passed at the age of 94, but just an incredible life and and definitely one that will not be forgotten anytime soon. Well said. I think we can leave it at that. It was pretty tragic passing the other night. Kind of shook the whole baseball world. It felt like every game I was watching at that time immediately gave some type of eulogy or just discussion of remembrance about him. So it was pretty special these past couple of days. I, um, I do have to James, just... James, let's turn to... Before we turn, I just have ahead, to do a ahead. quick tip of the cap to the San Francisco Giants and organization I hate with a passion um, but obviously handled it the right way it was in the middle of a Giants Dodgers game that it was announced that he passed they did not make an announcement or any graphics the CEO of the Giants came in and said he didn't know if the players do and of course you have like Justin Turner Kershaw guys that were like very close friends with him waited till after the game and had a whole announcement a moment of silence and just a really special moment so big tip of the cap to the rivals there for uh getting it done yeah for sure well tuesday at 6 p.m james was the major league baseball trade deadline what a crazy day tuesday was it seemed like you know days leading up to it the first you know three days out two days out you were kind of waiting for something to happen waiting for the big moves to be made we had Andrew Benatendi going to the Yankees, and then there was kind of a long haul. Um, and a week ago, we made our prediction of five players, Juan Soto, Castillo, uh, Paulo Lopez, Will, uh, Contreras, and Frankie Montas. We predicted where all five would go. I mean, James, it was crazy. I think the first thing we have to talk about is Juan Soto. Um, I mean, he was the story of the deadline, one of the greatest young players we've ever seen. And he... Gets traded along with his teammate, Josh Bell, to your division. You don't like them being called division rival, but your division peer, the San Diego Padres. What's your reaction to Juan Soto being in the division? You'll be playing him this weekend. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, 
maybe they're making a step towards coming to that rival again. They have a hundred years of history to overcome, so I don't think they'll ever do it. But certainly, if you're looking at San Francisco versus San Diego, San Diego much more competitive. Yeah, I love the move. One, Juan Soto is awesome. I'm just excited to get to watch him that much more frequently um, and as good. I mean, look, their top three is going to be ridiculous when healthy. Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and Juan Soto. It, like, it looks like my Diamond Dynasty lineup on MLB The Show, not a real MLB franchise. But I'll tell you, I'm not worried. I am not worried in the slightest. Um, in fact, I think they may have handicapped their ability to secure quality pitching in the next decade pending they do sign him to an extension, which is a huge question mark. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think San Diego, it's probably a good move. You know, they lose C.J. Abrams. They lose Mackenzie Gore. A lot of their young uh, prospects and talent. Of course, the Hosmer stuff we can talk about. Luke, Luke Voigt kind of caught the shortest end of the stick there, being the extra toss-in. But, uh, look, I can't wait to see this lineup banging. Last night, they were looking incredible. Brandon Drury, also acquired by the Padres from the Reds. It's a grand slam on his first pitch. Can't wait to see this lineup healthy. They're not winning the NL West, and that's what it comes down to, and I'm so confident. Look, they may be within uh, single-digit games back, though, now, so good trade on that regard. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to win the division this year. I think it's too late, and they're too far back. Um, but, I, I mean, it's an impressive thing. Like you said, having Machado, Tatis, and Juan Soto, and you said it might inhibit them from getting pitching. They just signed Joe Musgrove to a long-term extension. They've got you Darvish, Amanea. They've got they've got a great rotation that's working for them. I mean, Mackenzie Gore was planning on be, being a big piece of that, but um, I think I, I, you look the the Padres GM. He really has no fear. He went all out on this, traded you know a ton of their young best prospects to get Josh Bell and to get Juan Soto. Um, is it worth it? We'll see. You know, we'll see if they win a World Series out of it. If you go around that infield, though, I mean. Josh Bell at first, Cronenworth at second, who's an all-star, Tatis at short, Machado at third, with Juan Soto in the outfield, Trent Grisham. I mean, this is a really packed lineup, um, and it'll make these Dodgers-Padres series, specifically this one this weekend, really exciting. They also got Josh Hader from the Brewers, which is a pretty interesting move. So, I mean, what a trade deadline it was for them. Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, and Brandon Drury, I mean, couldn't have been much better than that. They had the uh, best. I'm sure Padres fans are very excited. Best trade deadline by far. I mean, they their team got significantly better. And look, you can't fault San Diego. It's pretty cool to see they're going up against LA, one of the biggest dogs, almost unlimited resources, and to see them shove all in and go, no, give me Juan Soto. I mean, I, I can't wait to see Tatis and Juan Soto playing together. It's going to be so awesome. I mean, it's almost must-watch baseball, this lineup. As you said, even Grisham down in the bottom holes, it's a good lineup. It's just they're still going to be a little brother. That's just the crux of it. Yeah, I mean, from quickly on like a Cardinal perspective of it, well, I guess twofold. One, the Cardinals are kind of in the mix. It came out that they actually they were out of it before the trade deadline day. Um, not super unexpected. Um, I'm glad we didn't give up Dylan Carlson. A lot of people on Cardinal Twitter were freaking out that, you know, Dylan Carlson, we should give him up for Soto. I disagree. I think Carlson's great. Um, but the Cardinals are now competing for a wild card spot with the San Diego Padres and the Atlanta Braves. And then that third spot is kind of between the Phillies and the Cardinals at this point. And the Phillies also made some moves, right? They got Brandon Marsh. 
uh, from the Angels. Uh, I think they made a couple more moves, but I can't remember right now. Um, but it's, I mean, it's it's pretty scary having a team that good be in second place in the division and be fighting for wild card spots. So the Padres are scary. I think I said in one of our preview videos that you know I could see Soto in those gray, yellow, brown uniforms, and I must say, I mean, he looks pretty good in them. I think they they fit him and. It's going to be fun to watch that team. I think these past two days have been must-watch baseball, must-watch Padre baseball for sure. I'm excited, Max. What I'm interested in is this extension. Of course, Scott Boris is a you know walking mafia hitman, uh, and the second he was traded, they immediately were like, sweet, you want to sign long-term? And he's like, eh, Scott told me I'm not allowed to talk to you, basically. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I would, Nothing would make my me laugh harder in the entire universe than if Juan Soto's like, yeah, by the way, I'm not signing an extension. And then they just traded mortgage, basically their entire future for a year and a half of a guy. I will say they're going to be terrifying as a wild card game though. If you have a three game series against that team healthy, like uh, I don't really want to play in that seven games. I take LA, but a three game series. I don't want that too explosive of an offense. It is. And, it's interesting. And before we get into some other trades, if you think about how the playoffs are structured this year, the three seed will play the six seed. So the three seed being the worst of the division winners. And then the four and five seeds will play, which right now in the National League, the third seed would be the Milwaukee Brewers by only half a game over the Cardinals, who would play the Cardinals. And the four five matchup would be Padres Braves. So it seems to me if you're the Braves, right? or the Padres, whoever is in the fifth spot, I, they won't do this. But if you tank to the sixth spot, you would get to play the Brewers. And then though, whoever's the number one overall seed, probably the Dodgers, um, over playing either the Braves or Padres, one of those teams. So, you know, maybe a little gamesmanship could be done there. And it's a very similar situation in the American League with the Twins and Guardians not being very good. But regardless, I mean, it's, a pretty insane trade kind of shakes up everything in the national league. Also, um, but James can throw us somewhere else, throw us somewhere else. You know, I think one that I want to talk about is a guy who was on the Mariners heavy early. And I love this. If you're a Mariners fan, you have to be so thrilled with the organization going out, throwing some prospects around, bringing in Luis Castillo, a true, true ace for this team. Again, with Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray. Now, that's a that's a no joke rotation. I love you know the Mariners' longest playoff drought in baseball. So to see that fan base finally you have Julio bumping, they're making the push. Awesome from the front office because the Mariners really, I don't think anyone thought they were going to hop in at the deadline, but they're making a push, baby. They're playoff bound. Yeah, it came out. Luis Castillo was the Mariners' top target. Um, they figured they needed to get more pitching depth they've got a pretty decent rotation but adding uh, a real number one ace can only help them i think for seattle this kind of solidifies their identity as a team that's trying to win right now they think they have a team good enough they have the talent they've made a ton of moves in the offseason and now adding another pitcher to solidify that core says that you know the mariners believe in them they believe they can break this drought and they can get into the postseason and make some noise. So I love it. I think having Robbie Ray, having Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, those are guys you can throw in deep 
into postseason games, thinking like game five, game six, game seven of an ALCS, right? So I think it's a huge move. I love it. I'm glad that Castillo didn't go to, I think you predicted the Yankees. I predicted the Dodgers. I'm happy to see he ended up somewhere else. And I think Seattle's a great fit. He, I've gotten a lot of uh, King Felix comparisons up in Seattle so far. So it's, I mean, I like, I like that. You know, it's one of the reasons I necessarily, of course, I wanted Juan Soto on the Dodgers, but I, I like the parody of baseball. Like, I'm happy that, that instead of Castillo just being the fifth arm on the Yankees, like he gets to go out and be a bona fide ace on a team. It, so that was a really awesome move. Um, I think other pitching stuff, we, we missed all of our predictions. I'm pretty sure. Um, but if you're ready, I'd say another pitcher to talk about. Obviously, the Yankees bolstering their rotation with Frankie Montas from the A's. Um, pretty good pickup there. I think that's a pretty scary Garrett Cole, Montas, and Luis Severino. That's a pretty good one, two, three right there. Nestor Cortez. Oh, and that, I mean, how can you forget Nasty Nestor, who's really the real ace of the program? It's going to be, uh, <laughs> don't want to use his other name that got that radio guy on, in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think Frankie's great. They they needed pitching. They needed some more depth, um, especially with the other move that we'll talk about next. Um, I think Frankie Montas is a huge pickup for the Yankees. He was one of the you know number one pitchers in the market, maybe right behind Castillo. So Yankees got their guy, and I mean, they're they're look, they have seventy one, seventy two wins or something like that. Um, this is a team that's gonna be in the ALCS, if not the World Series. So having Frankie Montas only helps that. Speaking of their rotation, Jordan Montgomery traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. One for one for Harrison Bader. Two-time, I think, maybe three-time gold glove center fielder, best defensive center fielder in baseball. I'll Let me talk about this real quick. So I, I think my initial gut reaction was, Oh my God, I can't believe we just traded Harrison Bader. He's a stud. He's loved being in St. Louis. He's just, I mean, like the dude is a class act. He's a class act. He's the best defensive center fielder in baseball. He's super fun to watch. But then, so, so initially I was super upset. I was super frustrated about it. But look, this the Cardinals need pitching. Jordan Montgomery is a very good pitcher. Right. He's had about a three ERA his whole career, like between three and four, three, four, three, five, uh, you know, upwards of 10 strikeouts per game. He averaged 11.9 one year. It's a good trade for the Cardinals. The Cardinals, they knew what they needed to do this offseason. They needed to get Jose Quintana and now Jordan Montgomery as well. They needed to replace Steven Matz and fill in some of the Palante starts. So it's a good trade. It sucks to lose Bader. But at the end of the day, he gets hurt a lot. He's dealing with a big injury right now. His offense isn't spectacular. His defense is world-class. But, what, I mean, what was your reaction from the outside? I start, am starting to like it. What do you yeah, think? I mean, my initial, the first thing I thought about is that uh, Statue of Liberty glove and the pinstripes is going to be freaking sick. Like, that is must-watch just to watch that outfit march out there. Um, you know, initially... I was kind of mixed on it. I know how much you like Bader and I've always come to his defense and your defense. He's definitely the best defensive center fielder. Won't hear any other argument on it. But again, you kind of walked me off a little bit of a ledge once you got to a reasonable point and I wasn't too worried, but, but just this idea of like, yeah, they need arms. They have the production. They have a platoon of outfielders that they can march out there. 
Um, and again, you know, if they didn't make this trade, that's almost what I think about. If they don't make the trade and all you do is Jose and that's your addition, I mean, that's them folding, right? If they don't bring if they didn't bring in an arm in this deadline, it is the Cardinals saying we have no interest in even trying to get Pujols another ring. So I, I like the move there. I definitely didn't see it coming. And I think from what I've seen, the Yankees were pretty locked in. They thought for sure they were getting Pablo Lopez from the Marlins, which so I'm I've heard that they made the Montgomery trade going perfect, clear him out, bring in Pablo Lopez. They don't have him now. Still, they have four very good starters, so you know, no love lost there. But I'm interested. I will be talking about Jordan Montgomery later in this podcast. Uh, so preview there. Interesting. Um, but I, you know, yeah, I like. I, the pick. I mean, I like it. I look. I, I think um, the, the Cardinals believe in Dylan Carlson. I mean, the dude is 23 years old. It's, he's super young, and he can be an everyday center fielder. For sure, put him, Tyler O'Neill in left, and either Newt Barr, maybe Yepes, somebody in right, Brennan Donovan. We've got a lot of outfielders, and we don't have a lot of pitching. The trade makes sense. It just sucks to be, see Bader go. He's a class act. So that's it. Um, Car- the Yankees in St. Louis this weekend, too. Bader's still out, but hopefully he's there. I'll be there for all three games. Very excited to see Montas and Montgomery. But some shockers here. James, one team that we expected to pretty much continue selling everything was the Chicago Cubs. They had Ian Happ and Contreras, William Contreras, like showing so much emotion, hugging it out, waving to the fans at Wrigley before the deadline. They don't go anywhere. Like, what do you, what is this? What do you think this is? Were they just asking for too much back or? I mean, what happened? I, I would just recommend everyone who's interested in this. Barstool Carl did a YouTube video on this from like the Cubs perspective last night. Really interesting. It's terrible. It makes no sense because you blew up the World Series team. Fair enough. Look, in baseball, eventually, outside of like four or five organizations, you have to blow up and kind of rebuild. But it's like you got 85% of the way there. Then it's skin the rest of the cap for because it's like at this point, just get it all over with, get all your prospects, get a timeline, figure out when to sign free agents and let's move this thing. I don't know if like the hug, they're trying to keep the fans emotions intact, but it's like, if you're telling me that the market value isn't there to get the prospects you want out of this guy, are you going to sign into an extension? Why would you do that? It just, it really baffles me. And I, the most confused people have to be Ian Happ and Contreras. I mean, because they're like, for sure, we're going. I mean, he's collecting the ball after a single because he's like, I'm out there. Like you said, the romantic hug in the dugout, the whole nine, just from the wake up and go, yeah, you can keep playing. Like, we don't care. Again, we're the Cubs. It's they have no. It's like the Cubs before they got good. Like they have no clue really what they're doing. It's very confusing, Max. I have no clue. Like, are they trying to compete next year? Are they not like, I don't know. Right. And to me, it seems like for Contreras specifically, like I don't think his trade value will get much higher than it is right now. I mean, he's getting up there in age. I think he, I, I might be wrong, but I think he's around 33. Um, but he's having a career season in the middle of this season. He was the starting catcher for the National League All-Star team. His trade value is not going to get much higher because it's super high right now. And I think that's maybe why they were allegedly asking for such a high price. But if I'm in, if I'm the Cubs, I'm sure somebody offered a decent enough package that you let him go. 
Um, he just doesn't really do much for you. You're a team that's in full rebuild mode, and you have this all-star catcher who has super high trade value who needs to be moved so you can continue this rebuilding process. I mean, where do they go from here? I think Contreras is a great guy to have on a roster that is rebuilding, right? Maybe that's their idea. They'll keep him around, kind of be the veteran presence. But it's not like this team is littered with young guys that are just now rising and could use his mentorship in the years to come. This team is years from being another, uh, to, from being competitive again. So I, I just think it made sense to move him um, and Ian Happ as well. But, you know, I guess I, you, yeah. sometimes you're surprised at the deadline, and this is a big surprise. The other thing is you have a couple World Series contender teams that needed a catcher. So, like, you had the right fit there as well. And, again, even if the hall's not what you want, if there are two half-decent prospects, your scouts tell you they are 50% chance they pan out, so one of them probably does, you should take that deal if you're the Cubs. I mean, again, without making this shift, they now have no timeline or parameters even on this rebuild. I mean, I, I have no clue when this – because this was it. You know, part ways with these guys. Now it's officially, like, we're going to win 30 games. I'll be reasonable. We're going to win 55, 70 games for the next three years, build up a farm and go after it. Just no direction from the Cubs. So very, I was one of the most confusing situations. Other one who I'd say I'm making a list. There's to me three organizations in baseball who are just full confusion, have no clue up from down. Um, so I'll just highlight the other one being the Rockies, who were the only team to make zero moves to which their GM came out and said, well, we were the only team to sign a player to an extension on deadline day, which was false. Um, so, But the Rockies are confused. And then another yeah. one that I want to talk about, Max, the Boston Red Sox, which pit my head in a blender on trade deadline day, doing a strategy I've never seen before, Max, called buy and sell. They are selling their talent while acquiring more talent to maybe make – I mean, I don't understand it. They trade Christian Vasquez to kind of kick things off. You figure here comes the fire sale. Uh, no, and that's not what – I forget. Who who did they uh, acquire? I know they got Eric Hosmer. Who did they trade for before him? Yeah, they got Eric Hosmer after the whole San Diego fiasco where everybody thought the Soto deal was going to break, um, but it was, it was an overreaction. Um I'm trying to think too. Who did I'm they blanking get? on it, but they <laughs> they acquired an outfielder, I'm pretty sure, to uh, you know, play meaningful minutes. I can tell you're getting us a fact check, but it was just so confusing because it's like yeah. so you sold one of your better options and then continue to acquire things to maybe make a run at it, but you got rid of your talented catcher. They got Tommy Pham. Tom Tommy Pham from the Reds. There we go. So again, nothing crazy, yeah. but it's just like the buy and sell strategy is something I don't think I've ever seen on a trade deadline. So shout out the Red Sox. Yeah, because they so they acquired Fam and they acquired Eric Hosmer, two kind of veterans, honestly similar, right? Uh, they I think they played together in San Diego, or at least they both played in San Diego recently. Um, I know they were shopping Eovaldi and JD Martinez didn't pan out. So now they're kind of in this weird spot where they're kind of on the outside looking in from the playoffs. They sure have the talent to get there, but really don't have a lot of pitching at all. Chris sales down again, Eovaldi's kind of one of their only pitchers. Um, 
So it's a weird strategy. Uh, I think this offseason will say a lot about them with Xander and Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez all needing to be paid or wanting to be paid and whether the Red Sox want to do that now or not. Um, very interesting stuff from Boston. The Christian Vasquez thing was funny. The He was out on the field in Houston warming up in Red Sox gear, and they pulled him off, and he had to go to the, the other locker room. Yeah, it was tough. They you know, grabbed him like right out of the media, immediately broke it to him, and they're trying to interview him, and the team officials like pulling him out of the media huddle. So that was crazy. I think only other trade that I really need to touch on is – to me, one of the most confusing is I've had a lot of people in my DMs and mentions trying to educate me and explain to me. I can't for the life of me understand why the Los Angeles Dodgers thought going out and acquiring the biggest joke in New York Yankees history was going to be an effective play at the trade deadline. Um, and again, like I understand how good Joey Gallo was, just a player I'm talking about on the Rangers. And I think he could be back. Look, the beard's coming back. Of course, in New York, they have their weird like rule from the 1400s where you can't have a beard and you can't have long hair, which has Harrison Bader's in rough shape. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but uh, it's kind of tough scene there with him having <laughs> follow their policy. But with the beard back, maybe Joey Gallo <laughs> gets active. But it's just like to me, it's you made the Dodgers a laughing stock in a way. Because all I've seen out of all the Yankees people I follow, shout out Carlos, uh, is just Gallo getting drugged through the mud and just ragged on. You know, he has the lowest batting average for uh, someone with 500 plate appearances in New York Yankees history. And so it's like you just take this giant joke and trade for him. And look, it probably works. I'll probably eat my words. Um, it's just like you don't, you just. I think you will. Uh, now I will say, and you you told me this, and I've was thinking it beforehand anyways now if it's an la new york world series i'm pitting every dollar i own on the fact that joey gallo has a walk-off like that's going to be a must-hit prop bet just out of like the story but i just don't see the reason for it you have chris taylor's coming back healthy trace thompson's been a beast james outman is potentially the best hitter in the history of baseball according to his first 10 at bats um so i don't get it but i don't know i mean depth I mean, I, I think I think Joey Gallo, you know, an interview came out either the day of the deadline or the day before kind of talking to him about New York. It was pretty sad, honestly, he just talked about how he couldn't go in the street um, because the fans would jeer at him and yell at him and he just never felt comfortable. I mean, this is a guy that strikes out a lot, right? He's kind of a two outcome hitter, either strikes out or hits a home run. He's been like that his whole career. Uh, and I, I think this will be good for him. I think getting out of New York, going to the West Coast, pretty much getting as far away from New York as possible. Um, I, I think it could be good for him. I think he could get back to his all-star form. We'll see. I, I like it. I, who do they, they gave up beater, a right-handed arm uh, in the minor league system for him. He's going to be a good DH or he'll come off the bench. Uh, so, you know, it's good hitting depth, I think. For the Dodgers and I you know I like it I like it to be honest yeah I mean it's not a move I saw coming look it's they didn't really give up much um it's kind of is what it is I'm just more like oh my god now we're the butt of New York Yankee jokes because we acquired their like burning pile of garbage but again Beard's back he may hit 30 home runs in the next 40 games who knows um so that was kind of that was really all the Dodgers did I mean nothing too notable um so, you know, they got Chris Martin, yeah, but that I was mean, like a week before the deadline. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think we that covers the deadline pretty well. Um, I mean, we we could rattle off other things like Whit Merrifield going to Toronto, Pablo Lopez not getting moved, Rodon and Jock not getting moved. But I think those were definitely the highlights. And um, James, I mean, if you're ready, I think we should go to our July power rankings and July awards. Yeah, let's get right into it. That's the deadline. Very one of the more exciting ones we've had in in the last bit, mainly because of Juan Soto. Um, but with that, I don't know about you, Max. My power rankings were really this far into the season, kind of locked in. Same sort of teams up in the basket, you know, not too much, maybe a little reshuffling, but pretty similar up top for me. Yeah, give me your five through one. You want five to one or one to five? Yeah, go go five, four, three, two, one. All right, number five, I've got the San Diego Padres with the recent acquisitions. You know, they've been really good. You get Tatis back, got him at five. Four spot, New York Mets. Again, Scherzer, DeGrom making his start, I think, tonight. Maybe it's on Saturday. Um, but Scherzer, DeGrom. His first back. start was two, a couple days ago. Okay, yeah, so, he, so he's fully going. Um, so Mets are there. I, you got to have the Astros at third. Um, at least I do. They've been on a tear. Got the Dodgers at second. You know, I think there's an argument to make them first. But again, this Yankees team. They're, they look unbeatable, made some great moves at the trade deadline to get even better. So that is Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Mets, Padres for me. I will say mine is a bit different. Um, so at five, I've got the New York Mets. Um, I think they've, I mean, they're a top five team. They're going to compete for a World Series. They've got DeGrom back, who pitched insane in his first start. Mad Max has been killing it. They're at five. At four, I have a team that's actually right behind them in the NL East. The Atlanta Braves have just been really solid. Austin Riley is on a tear. Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna, they picked up Oda Rizzi uh, at the trade deadline. I think they're primed to make another run. I like them a bit more than I like the Mets. They also start a series this weekend, some crazy series this weekend. At three... I have the New York Yankees. Um, I Look, I know the Yankees are amazing. They have 70-plus wins. I just think that in a series against the number one or number two teams in my power rankings, I would take them over the Yankees. Number two, Houston Astros. People might get mad that I have the Astros over the Yankees, but look, Astros are 5-2 and two against the Yankees this year, and the one other time was a crazy Yankee comeback Aaron Judge walk-off. The Astros have been destroying the Yankees all season long, every matchup they've played. So, you know, if I just look at that, I'm saying seven-game series in the ALCS, I'm taking the Astros over the Yankees. So Astros at two, number one, best winning percentage in baseball, the Dodgers. They've been on a tear in July. Um, I mean, they're only going to get better, too. Walker Bueller's coming back. Dustin May is ready to come back pretty soon. Kershaw got taken out today for some back soreness, but I think he'll be okay. Blake Trinan's I, back. I like the Dodgers. I think – there you go. I think they're the best team in baseball. So Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, Braves, Mets. No Padres. Like no love for Mr. Soto. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I can't put them in there. We'll see. I'm well. I'm happy you gave the Dodgers the one. I, I didn't feel like I could do it, but uh, yeah. I mean, look again. That's kind of the same teams. I think my first out would have been Atlanta. So 
at this point, we kind of know what we're dealing with. Of course, the playoffs, once you're in, anything can happen. We've seen that many, many times. Um, but those are kind of the big dogs. I do love your data, your data on the Astros over the Yankees. That's true. And my signal of two was just that both losses were Aaron Judge walk-offs. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I think the Astros earned it. They proved that they can beat the Yankees repeatedly. So, I mean, look, it's a small sample size, especially in baseball, but you got to go off something. And I like the Astros a little bit more. I like it. Well, that's the power rankings. And, and again, I will say just related to the trade deadline as a Dodgers fan, that's why I'm not upset. They didn't make any moves. If you're the best team of baseball, what do you need to do? Um, And again, the injuries coming back, but let's talk about July awards. This is exciting because while some are the same, I feel like I got a little bit more parody and difference this month, July. We saw some names that we haven't really seen in the hat um, come alive. So pretty excited. Max, I'll give you first pick, decide where you want to go. If it's player, rookie, pitcher, what league and, and give us your first pick. Yeah. Let's start with player. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion that we might see some crossover here in our picks, Um, but who knows? National League Player of the Month for July is Austin Riley. Uh, I mean, the guy's been an absolute killer this month. Um, Pulling up some stats here, I mean, his OPS is at 1.34. He's batting 423 with 11 homers. 44 hits in the month, which I think is the most um, by anybody this year. I might be wrong. I feel like I just made that up, but I think I heard that. He's been a beast. He's been kind of the center point for this Braves offense, and he just signed a huge 10-year extension to stay in Atlanta. The guy's killing it. He's NL Player of the Month. you agree with that? Totally agree with it. The only other stat I would toss in addition to that is he had 13 doubles, Um, you know, and that's not – I mean, he's not like a speedster. Um, so again, he, I mean, he owned the month of July and he got paid for it too. Um, I don't really know how you could look any other direction here. I assume there would be crossover. Um, and why we're on it, another one where I think there could be crossover, maybe you have a difference. And that's my American League Player of the Month. I worked my ass off crunching stats to not pick this player. I couldn't do it. It has to be Aaron Judge. I mean, just a ungodly ungodly july from him i mean it's been an insane year all around the board but just this month i mean he's hitting uh 1.369 ops you know he's over a 350 batting average 14 homers uh, i mean 33 rb like he just was out of control and i think some of that those numbers may be inflated i think i got a couple august games in there but i mean the recent streak he's been on yeah. what in the last like 10 games, he's hit seven home runs. It was seven home runs in eight games. He's just been on a tear. Yeah. He's batting, he's batting, uh, he batted uh, 333 in July. Uh, so got a hit every third at bat. He had 13 home runs in the month, which is crazy. He's on pace for 67, which would be an American League record. I mean, he's, only, I would say, certainly going to break the, single season Yankee record of 61 by Robert, Robert Maris and 60 Babe Ruth. I think he's going to blow that out. He's the AL player of the month. I figured honestly that we would be in consensus about these because I don't know, to me, they seemed pretty obvious. These guys have clearly been crushing it. 
I think Aaron Judge is going to be the AL MVP. I've been a huge Shohei supporter all year, but I think at this point, I think Aaron Judge is more valuable to the Yankees. I just do. Um, I mean, if I'll throw it back to you, where do you want to go next? You know, this is a some interesting ones here, but one I'm excited to talk about. Let's go Cy Youngs. I'm going to talk about the American League, another place there could be crossover because this dude's been on a tear, the hottest arm in baseball. Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox uh, got a .98 whip. So again, that's walks and hits uh, per per inning. So you know, base runners per inning. .59 ERA. I mean, that is like that's not even video game numbers. He's got a four and one record, and his opponent opponent's batting average against him is a one eighty three. Basically, meaning if you're hitting against him, you're getting sent down to the minors. Just been unbelievable for Chicago this month. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there was um, a month earlier this year where we missed him and he should have earned it. It's a shame that he wasn't an all-star. I said before the season he was my dark horse AL Cy Young pick. He's been killing it. I mean, he's almost unhittable. He he has the most strikeouts in all of baseball. Just an absolute killer. So Cease is my AL pitcher of the month as well, James. So far, we're in complete alignment. Um, without discussing this now let me give you my let's see uh, there may be a difference here let's see what you got i think there might be i mean maybe not i'm going somewhere different uh an nl west team not one of the good nl west teams i'm going (laughs) i feel like we have the same one i'm going merrill kelly from the arizona diamondbacks um just had an insane month. An ERA at 1.31. His uh, opponent's batting average is at 168 across the month of July. I mean, really impressive stuff. Really impressive stuff. Only gave up six earned runs across 41 innings. I, I really liked how he's pitched. Um, I mean, you I, we could keep staying stats, but I, I loved how he pitched. 33 Ks to eight walks in the month. Merrill Kelly's been really impressive. Didn't catch a loss. I'll hop on. 0.76 whip again. Oh, look, we're in consensus, Max. I didn't. I thought there could be some difference, but this guy was lights out, the best pitcher in the National League. Sandy still could have maybe had an argument, but he had nothing on Merrill Kelly. Um, I just think it's funny. The second you said a not good NOS team, I'm like, yep, here we go. And lockstep again. Yeah. But he was on a tear. I mean, and he was even rumored to getting shipped in the trade deadline. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They also talked about moving Zach Gallon. Of course, they didn't. Diamondback's going to make a big push for it next year, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible month from Merrill Kelly. This is crazy, Max. I can't believe we are four for four. The only thing that may set us apart here are the rookies, where I can almost guarantee you that we will have some different rookies. Get, let's start us off. Go ahead. Pick whichever one you want first. All right. Well, I'm going to go to the American League uh, first, a team that I think is way outperforming expectations. The future is very bright, and a lot of that has to do with the number one prospect in baseball. At the time they brought him up, that is the switch-hitting catcher, Adley Rutschman. Got a three thirty-eight batting average on the month. Again, that may be a tad off. Um, but he had, you know, not a big power bat. Got 10 doubles, but he's batting over 1,000 OPS. So, again, for a rookie, if you're batting up in the 330s over 1,000 OPS, that's critical. I love watching him play. Just a switch-hitting catcher blows my mind. Super athletic catcher. 
Um, so it's nuts. I know early on when he got called up, he you know wasn't performing as well as everyone would have hoped. Seems to be finding a groove and uh, got to give him the nod there. Yeah, I actually have Adley as well. Um, it was between him and Julio for me, but I think Julio at this point has missed too much time. Uh, he's been on the IL. He's played. I, he's played a. He's had a significantly less number of at bats to this point. Um, and I've been impressed with Adley. I, I think you know you catchers are typically one of the positions that don't hit as well, and I think he's done a great job. So, you know, props to Adley. I like what they have going on in Baltimore, to be honest. I think they have a lot of good pieces there. Obviously, they traded Trey Mancini to the Astros. Um, but a lot of good young players in Baltimore, and Adley's going to be a big piece of that. So, five for five, James. They did Their their uh, GM did come out and say that this is going to open their competitive window. Um, so, pretty excited for Baltimore. Those fans definitely deserve it. I will say I had Stephen Kwan as a close second there. Uh, Julio, again, kind of missed too much time. And at this point, I don't consider him a rookie. He's too good. Um, but Stephen Kwan, yeah. again, had a great bat at 350 uh, with 39 hits on the year. But five for six, I can guarantee, guarantee, Max, I would fall out of my chair if we went six for six. My National League Rookie of the Year, zero bias at all. Probably the best outfielder that's ever played baseball, James Outman. I mean, what an absolute weapon. Batted 600 over July. Granted, it was 10 plate appearances. But to me, it's just a debut. There wasn't a ton of options in the National League really to look at anyways. But his debut, I mean, first at bat, you get a home run. Has a three hit, three RBI day. Um, and his performance, just incredible stuff there. He's kept it rolling, finding ways to score. Um, so I had to tip the cat there. You know, small sample size, but it's a beast. And to me, this was one of the easier picks for me. I almost immediately knew who I was going to pick. Uh, Spencer Strider from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, pitcher, crazy mustache. Uh, looks really good in his baseball pants. I would say that uh, for the month of July, I mean, 2.7 ERA opponent batting average at one point at point one five eight. Uh, he's really become a seminal piece to that rotation. Um, he's just got filthy stuff, throws it super hard, uh, does really good off-speed stuff. And I, I think for him right now, being behind Freed, Charlie Morton, Oda Rizzi now, um, he'll fit right in and he could be a really good postseason pitcher. Um, and I, I think I could see a lot of postseason matchups, him going against the 4-5 or five starter for the other team and really feeling good about the Braves that night. So Spencer Strider is my national league rookie of july well luckily there was a little bit of parody there i do love the fact that your first bits of defense or evidence were crazy mustache looks great in his baseball pants so that kind of one two blew james outman out of the water in my opinion uh good baseball hair though so got that going on um wow i don't think we've ever come that close though five for six on the july awards i mean the, all these guys really did Pretty just good. stand out above the competition though so not too surprised to see see that outcome and that kind of wraps up july now we push to august and and as august comes and september comes we are getting down to it max the playoffs are coming it's exciting i, I mean i love this time this is that august early september one of my favorite uh, times for baseball is just you know contenders are going and the young guys are playing for the shitty teams very exciting yeah 
I liked it. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't think we'd be in that much consensus, but we have Austin Riley, Aaron Judge's players of the month. We have Dylan Cease and Merrill Kelly. Who do we have? <laughs> yeah, Merrill Kelly. Um, I have Spencer Strider. You have James Altman, and we both have Adley Rushman. I like it. Um, staples, James. You want to go into these staples? We got lock of the week. I'm afraid we might go somewhere similar based on a comment you made earlier in the day, but let me hear I what think, your lock. I mean, if we do, is. that would be pretty incredible stuff. You know, love a good round in third consensus. But Max, I just, you know, I need you to step up to the plate. You know, you're on, you're on a little bit of a tailspin here. Three game losing streak. I know you're looking to turn that around. Um, I will say, just personally, a little self pat on the back. I am on fire. I'm nine and one over the last ten weeks. I mean, the fact that people aren't betting me, like I'm beating the S&P 500 on a daily basis. Your favorite ETF, your favorite investment guru is not going to give you the returns that you'll get from betting what I'm telling you to do. So, you know, I mean, it's just it's out of control at this point. And with that being said, um, the bet that I have, look, it's a revenge game. It's too easy. Saturday, August 6th, 715 p.m. Eastern time. You will travel. We're going to have the same bet. Bushfield. Oh yeah, let's do it, Max. Consensus. I mean, Bush it's, Stadium. But sorry, Bush Stadium, Bushfield. Is that a real thing? Bush Stadium, and uh, Jordan Montgomery makes his first start for the Cardinals. Right, first it will be his first start. Versus his That's former accurate. team, the New York Yankees. I got the Cards money line. I love love the matchup. Um, Domingo German pitching for the uh, Yankees, and. We'll see. I think Montgomery's the better picture. pitcher. I think he's got something approved to his former club. Boys are at home. You'll be in attendance, Max. I love it. Yeah, I have the same game as you. I'm going a little bit differently. I'm going to go uh, Jordan Montgomery, excuse me, over on his strikeout count, whatever it is. Um, it's not out, but I imagine it'll be seven, six and a half, something like that. I like Jordan Montgomery to hit over on his strikeouts. He knows the lineup. He's going to K Aaron Judge three times. Um, he might even go perfect. We'll see. So I got Jordan Montgomery over his strikeouts. But I like your pick, James. I'm very excited for that one. I'm excited. I mean, we're going to need, obviously, some live coverage as you're there. I mean, huge implications for our bets um, right there. I feel a lot better about it knowing that you'll be – there to kind of give him the signs, you know, reel him in a little bit if he's fuming. I love it. I like the cards in this game. In fact, I I think the cards may do something in this series. They may, uh, you know, do better than expected. So we'll see. Hey, we have a lot of momentum. We're a half game behind the Brewers right now with another game against the Cubs tonight. Brewers got swept by the Pirates. Questionable. And now Cardinals beating up on the Cubs. Could go into the into, – uh, series with the Yankees with the division lead. I know this is not really the segment for Max, but I do have to like the Brewers traded Josh Hader when they were in the lead for the division. They traded one of the best closers in baseball. Again, maybe it's like, sure, you got the prospects to like future proof. I don't know if I've seen anything like that. I mean, they got rid of a consensus top three closer. I think Josh Hader's probably number one, but Shelled him out to he's, San Diego. He's been really bad as of late. He, I know his last five, five appearances have been out of control. I mean, I think it was a great move for San Diego. 
before Soto, I had a buddy text me and go, oh, do you think this moves the needle? And I was like, by the way, you have to actually get to the ninth inning with a lead for closers to matter. So no, now it may matter with Juan Soto, but interesting stuff for the Brewers. I expect the Cardinals to take down that division in short order. We'll see. Buddy of mine texted me the other plus 145 today, and he was hammering it, so I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I think we got a lot of momentum, but let's Speaking, go back to your team, James. I Sunday said, night pick them. Huge, huge matchup. I, for a while, thought it might be Yankees-Cardinals. I mean, there are so many good games. You got Braves-Mets. You got Blue Jays-Twins. You got Dodgers-Padres. Cardinals-Yankees. Tons of great matchups. Astros Guardians, if you want to go a little, maybe a notch below. Um, but it is Padres and Juan Soto versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Insane Sunday night baseball matchup. Quickly on last week, the fans got it right, and we got it right in a huge lopsided vote. I think the Giants won like 90 plus percent, maybe something like that. And we both picked San Francisco to win. They did. Um, and you know, now one and one, the America's one and one as well. And now we go to this huge matchup. Also, I don't know if this will play into your pick week one of the pick em, where we lost. Uh, you had San Diego, I had San Diego. So Padres don't know how to get it done on Sunday nights. By the way, that's an official stat. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for this game. I'm so excited for this weekend. I've been saying the same thing, which, by the way, the Giants are so irrelevant. They're about to get swept for the second straight series in a row. Like, honestly, just retire from the sport. Uh, but I expect nothing different. The Padres probably going to get swept this weekend. We'll see. Maybe they fight back and try and sneak one, but not Sunday night. Juan Soto is going to learn what it's like. Los Angeles prime time. I hope he doesn't sign an extension. It's going to be a lot of years of losing. Um, and he's going to taste that Sunday. Obviously, my pick. Los Angeles Dodgers, not even a second thought. You got you Darvish against Tyler Anderson. I'm going with the Dodgers as well, actually. Uh, I like the Dodgers at home. I think that they're just still a better team. I mean, the, the Padres have a lot of good pieces now, obviously. They still don't have Tatis. Dodgers at home. I think I think you Darvish is two up and down and I think the Dodgers offense could easily get all over him and it could get out of hand quickly but or it could be a great game or the Padres could blow him out but I, I like the Dodgers as well so I'm going Dodgers I, I'm curious where America goes there might be a lot of hype beasts jumping on the Padres bandwagon this is definitely the most uh even matchup we've had for the fan poll which by the way will come out at noon eastern time on Saturday you will have 24 hours to vote for your team get America's vote on the graphic watch the game max i think this game could i don't know if i'd say break records but i think it may be one of the most watched sunday night baseball games just like i mean it's must watch it's la san diego it's juan soto for most people it will probably be their first time watching soto in the brown and gold uh, we'll see i can't i cannot wait for this weekend and you touched on the other series i mean i'll be glued to a tv watching baseball all weekend that's what i recommend everyone else do incredible matchups well, I think that wraps it up. We got a lot of good stuff this uh, episode in. We talk, covered Vin Scully passing, the trade deadline, crazy moves being made, July awards, power rankings, lock of the week, and Sunday night pick them. Tune in next week, episode 56. 
where we'll probably have a more regular episode, right? Maybe do some spicy and dicey, maybe some rounding third player watch. Um, and, it, it, you know, as we approach the off season, things are heating up. Should be good. Follow us on Instagram, rounding third podcast, Twitter, rounding third now, TikTok. It'll all be in the description. Just look. There. It's all linked. Follow it's us all on all our socials. Got a lot of good stuff coming out. And I think the last thing I would leave everyone with is the exact same way that Vince Scully ended his career as a broadcaster, a quote that I think we all should remember. Don't be sad because it happened. Don't be sad because it's over. Smile because it happened. Vince Scully.